So those of you online, feel free to look around. Um, hello to Bill and you King. Thank you for hosting every week without fail. Um, your faithfulness just astounds me. So we are back to our How Did We Get Here series, where we are going to learn something from Galatians through the lens of a promise-keeping God. And it is one of Paul's letters. It is really not a lot of, a lot of difference from uh, Romans. The audience and the content is very similar. So the format, <laughs> looking at commentary, it said the format was shorter and simpler. And I just kind of have to laugh at that because I'm going to attempt to give you an overview of this letter, but I suggest you read it yourself. Uh, there, is, <laughs> there is so much in this book. We could literally study just Galatians for a month and barely touch the surface. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to pray and then we're going to get on with it. Holy Spirit, I thank you so much for just who you are, how you have equipped us, how you ask us to move with you as you continue the good work that you do in everybody. God, right now I ask for eyes and ears to be very open to where you are. Lord, I ask for zero walls, no walls, that there would be the ability to just fully trust that you are a promise-keeping God, that we are your children, that you have good things for us. And God, the things that challenge us, let us go to you with that. Let us allow you to speak to our hearts and help us understand why it challenges us. I thank you for the words that you've given me for the church and I ask that you keep me very accountable to them, that they would only bring you mercy, mercy, that they would only bring you glory as you show mercy to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. My notes just left me. So here's what we know. The churches in Galatia are who Paul is talking to, and they were located in modern day Turkey. He taught the churches three different times and many people were brought to Jesus. So we have the Jewish Christians who are kind of very much into still the Torah and the law, and they cause a little bit of confusion to the Gentile Christians who just give their lives to Jesus. They don't have any precursor. There's no understanding of what's going on with protocol and process. So the major players are Paul, the Jewish Christians, and the Gentile Christians, and there is a major upset. Basically, it's law and works versus justification which is a fancy word for becoming righteous in God's eyes through Jesus. And Paul's not happy when he starts this letter off. It feels very much like it is coming from him establishing where his authority is, and it's not human. So we're going to read Galatians 1.1. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men, nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me. Set not from men nor by a man, 
but by Jesus and God who raised him from the dead. So he references afterwards his entire heart transformation that you can find in Acts 9 that led to complete life change through his brief conversation with the Messiah. Jesus spoke to him. And he's reminding this group of churches that it's really not about him, but he who sent him and why. So Paul is defending the place his authority comes from so that he can state his case and be taken seriously. He's of the mindset that not only is he being challenged, but he brought the gospel to these people and the very nature of Jesus' sacrifice and the freedom it brings is being confused with law. The way to become a part of God's family is being confused with rules. And Paul is rocked by this to the point that he curses even angels who would bring another gospel because it's not the gospel at all. So the first two chapters consist of him laying out his calling in kind of a Cliff Notes version with an understanding that he serves no man. When he was converted, he didn't go straight to Jerusalem to meet with the apostles. He was moved to actually stay in Arabia and then he moved back to Damascus and he stayed away from the apostles for three years. Then, because of a revelation, he takes Barnabas and Titus with him to meet the apostles and speak to some influencers. And everyone agrees that he was to preach to the Gentiles and blessed him. Blessed him, blessed Barnabas. And Paul meets up with Peter, and this is where he gets angry. In Antioch, he calls him out because Peter believes the gospel, but he's kowtowing to the Judaizers. Judaizers, people strictly adhering to the Torah. The Torah says you must be circumcised, but there's all kinds of other laws that Peter is not sticking to. So in this case, Peter used to eat with the Gentiles, but he stopped when the Jewish Christians came into town. And then on top of that, he drew other Jews with him to to act the same way, even to the point where Barnabas gets confused and falls into hypocrisy. And Paul lets them all have it. He knows that there is no justification through the law. And if we really think about it, he used to be all about the law because he was Saul and he was zealous to be religious. So when he met Jesus, everything changed. He knew better than anyone why these churches understanding justification through Jesus alone is so important. Jesus said in John that he was the way, the truth and the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by him. This is what Paul is saying too. So chapters 3 and 4 are filled with understanding faith versus works and talking about the faith of Abraham. Again, just trying to help them understand the seriousness of what faith does versus what law does. He said we were held in custody by the law until the time that we were justified through Christ. And now that this faith had come, We were no longer under a guardian. We were adopted as heirs. And at that point, that is what it takes to be part of God's family. And that's it. So we finally get to our text, which is chapter 5, verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. He's saying, stand firm. And we go to verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. 
rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. So then Paul lists acts of the flesh, and a few of them, they're big, like sexual immorality and witchcraft. And then in that list, you find out that sin is sin because in that list is stuff like discord, selfish ambitions, dissension. So Pastor James gave us goals for the year 2022. We had four of them. They were follow the leader, let the dead bury the dead, grow and know, and death to offense. The one we're going to focus on is death to offense today. As I was praying for the message God had for the church, he clearly spoke these words. I gave you a life of freedom. Why are you nurturing your chains? So let's go back to verse five. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Let's notice where the ownership is. Do not let yourselves be burdened. He's not saying there are forces that will make you slaves because in Romans 8.38, it says that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Not height nor depth, angels, darkness, nothing. In my experience, when God says words like that, it is best to humble yourself and listen. And so he started talking to me about nurturing what does it mean to nurture? And it's keeping whatever it is that you've got alive, giving it the necessary sustenance so it can grow. It's something you can choose to put down, something you are not bound to. So in essence, we're talking about cradling the very thing that will keep us from moving forward, which connects us to the word that Pastor James received for the church. God said, I want you to move forward because the healing is in the forward. The restoration is in the forward. We have an advocate to help us process. So let's talk about what these chains could look like. Offense, expectation, religion, discontentment. Think about all the things that can cause discord in a body and you can name the chains. Now, in that, please hear me, what I am not saying is get over yourself. Church, you have to move on. You're strong enough to handle this. I'm not saying any of that. We actually are able to access Jesus' strength to handle things we don't do it ourselves. No one thinks that we should avoid our feelings because that's not going to help. And we know God created us with feelings. But in today's society, we let them rule us. 
Our feelings can change at the drop of a hat, by a song coming on, or a hug from a friend. We can't trust our own feelings. We can't let them rule us and allow them to guide our decisions. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Proverbs 28.26, it tells us that if we trust in our hearts, we are fools. Proverbs 12.15 says, The way of the fool is right in his own eyes. God gave us our feelings and emotions for a reason. Living by faith doesn't mean we ignore them. They're not evil by themselves. But what we allow our thoughts to dwell on may be negative and causing an unhealthy overload of negative emotions. And it's not like we're not experiencing so much happening in these past couple of years. There's been so much loss and I have seen the strongest of Christians challenged. What I am saying is through the promise that we are given through Jesus, there is healing. Walking through the hurt and loss with the understanding that we keep moving forward with the Holy Spirit, knowing the love of Jesus, knowing the love of community because we walk with you. There will be restoration. There will be restoration. When we don't do that, we wallow. We just do. And process looks different. Healing takes time and we know that, but we also know when we are wallowing, we can get ourselves stuck in depression. We can start taking offense at someone else's happiness and it can cause discord in an entire body. The chains multiply. It may not be super comfortable right away. It may not be super uncomfortable. But over time, if you've not surrendered it, or if it comes to you by family issues or inner vows, things that you have cut the ability to see God working in your life with, it becomes very heavy. And your soul is affected by it. And the way you look at God and his relationship with you is affected by it. Pastor James also reminded us that how we think is how we live. So thinking of yourself as an heir in God's family with a supernatural legacy, because that's who we are, is very different than thinking you are all alone and have to fend for yourself. Have to control everything have to be the one to put your hands on everything because you don't trust anybody. And that's exactly where the enemy wants us. He wants us stuck because when we're stuck, we can't represent Jesus well. We can't fully love our neighbors. And you have people walking around who don't know Jesus and who spiritually walk around covered in chains. There are people walking in chains like this around you through your day. Numb to the heaviness, it's now their normal. Terrified the next shoe that will drop, fear is holding them down. There are many people not moving forward and they need the hope we carry and they need the peace that we have access to. So church, right now I am telling you it boils down to choice. 
Do you want to live in freedom? Because it's yours to live in. Let Jesus have the chains you know and the ones you can't name. The world needs you. We need to be that light and that salt. And we don't need to dwell on our issues, on our problems, because it doesn't help us. We need to surrender those. So right now we're going to have a time of prayer. And if you need prayer, we have people that will pray. It is a choice. And it's not an easy choice. It's actually a pretty hard choice because surrender is one of the hardest things that we can do because we have to get ourselves out of the way. But God is here and he is going to help you. He is going to help us. So if you need prayer, whether you're serving or not, please come get prayer. And if there's anyone who doesn't know Jesus and is tired of this hopeless feeling, tired of the apathy, maybe you've gone through hard things and you feel alone and you can't do it anymore. And your days are just listless. Sometimes there's no joy. Let go of the need to control and get prayer. God is a gentle God. He is a merciful, good, promise-keeping God. There is nothing, there is no condemnation. Jesus accepts us where we are. God allows us in his family because we know Jesus. And that's as hard as it gets. So we're going to give this time to the Holy Spirit. We're going to let him talk to our hearts. Jesus, we thank you so much that you have enabled us to live in freedom because you took the curse upon you. The gift that you gave, the sacrifice that you gave us, God, is... There are no words. And yet you keep loving us. You keep showing us. You keep helping us understand how we are equipped. How we have been given a supernatural legacy, God. Help us see that in our hearts. Help us understand that this means that we have the ability to rise up above what would otherwise stop us in our tracks. And that you are a patient God and that you are going to walk through it with us, God. That you understand and feel our disappointment. You understand and feel when we can't catch our breath. You are right there.
Spirit, speak to our hearts right now about those chains that we may not even be aware of. Those things that hold us down that we may have just walked in for so long that it's become normal. people who are here, if you have just a sense that God is asking you to pray for somebody or that he is moving you towards someone, be the church and let's pray. Let's lift each other up. We're just going to give it a few more minutes because the spirit, the presence is very, very real. There is freedom available today. And you are necessary to the kingdom. says amen so if you would stand please I will bless you and I bless you to be experiencing God's uncomfortable grace this week to understand the freedom that you walk in and to be a part of the sonship 
and not orphans. I bless you to be fully aware of how you are equipped, of how enemies fear to tread because you carry the living God inside you. I bless you to go in peace and to loose others' chains. Amen.